Hello, welcome to Reaction Shots for the month of November. November. 20. One eight. Twenty odd eight. Twenty odd eight. Two odd. Two odd. Two oh yeah. Odd. Twenty odd eight would be the year twenty thousand eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Two odd. Twenty. What did we? Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> the only reason I know odd is because that's what they call the sniper rounds in Deus Ex, the original. Uh Like. 30-odd-six. 30-odd-six. 16 shells from a 30-odd-six. That's a Tom Waits song that I like. Nice. Uh, anyway, I'm Ian Hink. This is Michael Huber. This Hello. is Reaction Shots, uh, a film podcast where we generally just kind of start by talking about years and numbers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say a film posse. Film posse. But you said film podcast. Well, you and I are a posse. We're a film posse. Can two people be a posse? I don't know. Wait, probably, what's the limit there? Probably you need at least three people to form a posse. <laughs> I wonder what the actual... Love a good posse. Yeah, I love a good posse. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this month we are discussing uh, westerns, as you might have noticed from the title of the episode, mm-hmm. um, and from us talking about posses <laughs> yeah, just now. Yep. Uh, but first, before we get into that, we like to uh, just jump into what have you liked lately lately um kind of agnostic uh, you know not involved necessarily with the topic mm-hmm. for the month but uh just anything uh huber have you seen anything lately that you've liked uh last thing i saw in the theater i saw halloween which i talked about but then i saw uh, a star is born oh yeah which was okay <laughs> it was all right um, i've heard only good things i i don't have an interest in yeah, seeing it but it's good it's good maybe uh, you know, anytime uh, that's why I like seeing movies straight away because anytime you see it two, three weeks down the line, you see that Rotten Tomato score, you see right. all the buzz, everyone's hyped. <laughs> you go in with a little more expectations, so right. maybe maybe that's why. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, what didn't you like about it? I if I say what I didn't like about it, it'll kind of spoil it. But some of the a lot of the stuff to me didn't feel earned. Okay. Uh, a lot of the character interactions. Um, yeah, I I just had a problem with the characters. I didn't feel like the the gripping emotion. You know, you would have these scenes between these people. You know, like uh, the relationship obviously between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. You know, they're they're whether they're like loving each other or like arguing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like didn't wasn't in it. Didn't like didn't feel it in my heart, my gut. I see. So I came out kind of just like, think, yeah. Do you think that was a problem with the script or the acting? Yeah, I, I honestly can't put my finger on it because it was shot really well. I love those. I love Bradley Cooper. Lady, yeah. Lady Gaga is awesome, and the the music I, was I great. Like Lady Gaga. Yeah, and, and the music was good. the The plot. You had like Sam Elliott show up in there. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so like everything on paper and on the screen was good. That's why I say it was fine because everything was good. But I walked out and I was just like. I just didn't like. I didn't feel what I w- was expecting or wanted to feel. I guess huh. like I, I should have been more emotional, but I wasn't. Bummer. So maybe that was on me. Have you seen anything else lately that you liked? Speaking of Bradley Cooper, uh-huh. I always have a nice uh, eating show with my beautiful wife. Uh, <laughs> you know, we have we have our eating shows for yeah. for like when she comes home from work or before work, whatever it may be. I always right find now, that I eat too quickly for like I'll put on a show that I've seen before. Yeah. 
because after 10 minutes i'm done and then i can turn it off yeah <laughs> we do the same like we'll eat for it'll take us 15 20 minutes but then we like digest for the rest uh-huh. of the episode okay been watching alias oh <laughs> throw wait is bradley cooper in that yeah what dude a lot of people are in it i didn't know i love those old shows like there's yeah. that episode of x files with both seth green <laughs> and jack black in it and you're nice. just like huh yeah <laughs> like john locke showed up as oh. like cia <laughs> like you know, you know what else John Locke is in? Hmm. Patriot. <laughs> See that billboard? There's a billboard. There's a billboard on my way home where he's like floating in water. It's like Patriot. Whoa. Yeah. D- I I kid you not. I'm gonna watch it, dude. Before you, the year's be up. I said before the year's up. Favorite show, Hubert. Before the year's up. I promise. I will bet you. I will make you a bet. I promise that it'll be one of your favorite shows. Okay. If it's not one of your favorite shows. I will watch season one of Vikings. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? No stakes no if it's stakes. not for you. Okay. No stakes. I'll watch Friendly it. Friendly wager. I promise I'll watch it. Season two of Patriot comes back November 9th. Oh, it's I don't know two if, days. I know. It's like Friday. Yeah. Like you could listen to this podcast and then watch Patriot. Sick. I don't know if they're doing the Netflix thing where the whole season comes out or mm. if it's weekly, mm-hmm. but either way, I am so excited. Yeah. It's nice. just, I don't know. It's just such a good. Sh- I know I re- I talk about Patriot all the time. Yeah, but like, no, dude, the you- tone is so. It's right in my wheelhouse. I need to watch it because I sit here and scream about like Gotham and Agents of Shield all the time. Right. My like some of my favorite shows. Right. You're doing the same with with Patriot. I gotta respect that. Though I gotta though, respect the love. To be fair, <laughs> I have never watched Gotham or Agents totally of Shield because of you. You don't need to. <laughs> you don't need. It's just my own personal. Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sorry, like, but I, I, bet, I, I bet Patriots like actually like quality. It's <laughs> like, incredible. Yeah. Um. In my opinion, I don't yeah. know. Uh. Anyway, I feel like I jumped on you. No, no, no. Yeah. Just eight, I'd never seen it. I'm in season two. It's it's wacky. It's wacky. Crazy that- plot. Who's who's the main Jennifer Jennifer Garner? Garner that's right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, is that Jennifer Garner? Jennifer Garner hype. What show is Alias? J.J. Abrams also. Abrams. Yep. Is did he also do Felicity? I don't. One of his shows, I think it was Felicity or something. That it was totally normal, and then the last episode was just like crazy, like yeah. sci-fi or something. Whoa. I I can't remember what show it was. Yeah. Obviously, Alias is more like techno anyway yeah. so i don't think it was that one it at least gets weird yeah I'm like almost done with the second season and it's i never watched really it. weird some good action like yeah. obviously it's dated you know yeah. it's like early 2000s are there any good hacking sequences a lot of hacking a i lot. love a good like late 90s hack dude and there's the 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 guy from uh he's in runaways he's one of the dads okay he's uh Kind of like the nerdy dad. It's like him and oh and yeah yeah the like the the botanist the botanist yeah yeah, yeah yeah I like him. In He's that. the like tech expert at the CIA that does all sure. the hacking and he does all the like gadgets I like Q picture, style. Yeah, I can picture him doing that very yeah. well. <laughs> it's just an easy watch. It's fun. Jennifer Garner kicks ass, dude. It's yeah. it's cool. Has so. she done anything in a while? She did because uh, we had we'd started it a little while ago, uh, and. Peppermint came out that movie. Oh, I from saw the a billboard of, for that from the director of Taken. Oh, and it was two thumbs down. Oh boy, real yeah. bad. No, not her fault. It's just one of those movies where like every time there's an action scene, it's pitch black, uh, hard cuts, camera moving all camera over the place, all over green the plate. grass and all over the damn place. Yeah, no stakes to the action. You can't even decipher what's going on. There's no you know spatial relations. It's just all the action uh, scenes were let down. That's so, a bummer. Yeah. Venom suffered from that. Yeah. 
which was a bummer. It's good action and there's bad action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? That's it. That's it. Yep. Have you, uh, I can't remember, did you watch, you have not yet seen Haunting of Hill House. Have not seen Haunting, have not seen any, dude, All I, like, my, my cue right now for Netflix is insane oh, because yeah. all these directors have come out with these huge movies. You have Solner with Hold the Dark. I have not yet seen Hold the Dark. You have Gareth Evans with that. Apostle. He did The Raid. Right, with, uh, that's with Dan, Dan Stevens. Stevens. Yeah, and then you I have, watch that oh, dude, too. Paul Greengrass. The has a movie nine uh 11 22 or yeah, 11 yeah, yeah, yeah. july about about uh, yeah july 21 21 like a, july yeah like a it's real about, it's about the shooting in norway yeah yeah the, the, yeah so all these directors sophia's norwegian so she really Did wanted she watch to watch it? it uh she wanted to watch it with me dude but like it it was on like a, a day where i just come home from us like filming all day and yeah. i was just like Not i don't prepared. really want to watch that at this time because i watched united 93 for yeah, the first time that, yeah. on 9-11 a few years ago, wow. I just did it. I was like, dude, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I, I actually did not dislike that movie. It was a very <sighs> intense movie. Yeah. That movie made me weep, yeah. dude. So intense. I'm like nervous about oh, the, it, this sure Norway one. Yeah. Be, yeah. yeah. So I didn't realize. Yeah. When I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, okay. Green intense. Grass. And then it was green grass. And I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> Paul, what are you doing? Serious. You got um, Scorsese's movie coming out on Netflix. It just, really? They're getting everyone. Wow. I'm very excited for Hold the Dark. I really yeah. like uh, that director. Green Room, yeah. I think, is ugh, yeah. just so good. Yeah. All right, sorry. Uh, much better than Blue Ruin. Uh, but anyway, uh, I mean, Blue Ruin is also great. Yeah. But um, I like Green Room. It's a huge improvement, so I'm excited for Hold the Dark. But yeah, ha- Haunting of Hill House is so incredibly good. I really <laughs> liked it a lot. And I'm a scaredy cat. Yeah. So like it was tough for me. Yeah. And it typical of horror, I think like the first half is pr- a lot scarier yeah. than the second half. Once you start but, like, knowing yeah, and right, seeing, right, of right. course. But like, oh man, just filmically, it's so well done. The scripts are phenomenal. The characters I thought were very well rendered. Uh, it does a thing very well that to me is essential and essential of good horror. Mm-hmm that the characters all behave in realistic ways. Even if even if they are acting in a way I would not because of just who they are, mm-hmm. um, it's true to them and they do the things that I believe they would do in the situation. Okay. And like characters don't just do some stupid thing or because it's scary. They'll like actually say they'll say the thing you're thinking or they'll do the thing you want them to do. Um, and it doesn't lean heavily on you know, there aren't like mirror scares or shower scenes yeah. or whatever. Like closing no... the medicine cabinet. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's it's very well done, but it had the unfortunate side effect of then making because it's been Halloween and I I want to hold on to that feeling. You know, yeah. so we were watching uh, Channel Zero and then Sabrina, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh, dude, yeah, I started that. Yeah, that. and like. I, I I think I wouldn't have been super high on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina anyway, probably. But uh, the uh, the 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 comparison between Haunting of Hill House now, everything seems poorly written and nothing is scary. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> so it's really funny. Like trying to watch this season of uh, Channel Zero, it was like episode two or three, and I was just kind of like, ah, <laughs> I just don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, eh. and then Sabrina is a weird tonally inconsistent kind of hodgepodge sort of a mess mm-hmm. i think i've only seen the first episode 
I watched the first like four, I think. Oh, okay, wow. And <clears throat> it had a lot of potential, I think. But then I'm not even sure what the show is trying to say. Like it, it jumps back and forth between witches being kind of good and like bad. Mm-hmm. Like being a witch, they're like into it. But then it's like you are making a deal like straight up with the devil. And he's clearly bad. Like the show shows him as being bad. Yeah. And even other witches are like, oh, we're about free will. But then the next thing is like, but they're straight up being evil too. Yeah. So I'm like, what is your stance <laughs> yeah. on this issue (laughs) and like it's weird because it feels like it should feel more empowering Mm -hmm. but it kind of just doesn't it's a very strange yeah show and like maybe i guess i'm i'm maybe older than the target demographic or something i don't i don't know yeah but i didn't love it and i was kind of bummed dang kind of cool looking show i mean yeah i watched ambrose is cool though i like him he's her uh like cousin yeah who for reasons i don't know is like under house arrest like magical yeah. house arrest yeah which i think is fun but yeah uh i was kind of bummed that i didn't like it more yeah. um post hill house uh, oh syndrome. right right yeah <laughs> i uh i saw <clears throat> i've seen it several times before but i saw it for like the fourth time sorry i have something kind of in my throat right now um the original suspiria nice i saw uh, at a friend of mine had had a screening of it uh wayward cinema if you're ever in la check it out it's like a monthly series he shows really cool stuff um i don't know if you've ever seen the original Suspiria. seen the original okay, but yeah. i always always in my brain because i've only seen it once at a friend's house so long ago but i always my wires always cross with that an opera oh i haven't seen that one. yeah so that's I, also argento right yeah. yeah so i always get it get it all confused and so it's like college years yeah so suspiria is so funny colors. because it's just the colors i love the way it's shot mm-hmm. and the soundtrack yeah um but yeah, beyond that, the story is so funny. I heard mixed things about the new Suspiria. Me too. I heard it was way too long and not that great. Like two and a half hours. I was yeah, gonna go see it, which is such a bummer. It was like, <laughs> um, but uh, I can't remember if I talked about Mandy on the last episode or if I saw it after we shot the last. Oh, I episode. forget because I know you've been telling me about it. Yeah, bit. I forget if we were filming. Well, briefly, Mandy yeah. is great. <laughs> I love Mandy so much. It it's was always so fun good. when you get a good Nick Cage flick. Oh my, I love <laughs> Nick Cage. Nicholas Cage can do no wrong. He's, he's a madman. <laughs> he's a madman. He just oh man, and now that he's paid off his castle or whatever, it's just like he can do. He doesn't have to do those like cashing the check movies, but he probably still will. Oh man. There's a GQ video where Nicolas Cage speaks about his various roles Mm. that I think he did in part of uh, promotion for Mandy. And, uh, it is a fascinating watch. It's like 20 something minutes of him just talking through most of his iconic roles. And he puts in so much more thought, like artistic, like actual rational artistry and thought into his roles than you would probably think. That's epic. Like a lot of his stuff, he's like, I want to be the American Klaus Kinski or like whatever. And he's like doing all these things. He's a fascinating. That's the thing. If you've, if you've like, he's so successful. Like if you've made it that far and done that many movies, like, Dude's got to be smart. Oh yeah, like oh, he's, he's good at what he does. You I want. I hope he's not like a freak in, or something. Cause, <laughs> like I really would love to. I mean, obviously it's never gonna happen, but I would just love to. Like my dream barbecue would be like would be like Nicolas Cage, Barack Obama, <laughs> Sean Bean, Tom Waits, Tom Waits, 
Joanna Newsom. <laughs> so funny. Nick Jim Cage. Jarmusch. Nick Cage like roasting marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> Jolly. <laughs> Just like screaming at Tom yeah. Waits about yeah. something. Oh my God. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Mandy. It's great stuff. Mandy. Mandy actually made by Panos uh, Cosmopolis. I always forget his last name. But uh, mm. who is the, I think, son of the man who made Tombstone. I believe this is correct. And because he has the rights to Tombstone's, like, you know, per, uh, DVDs or something. I don't know. Somehow he's, like, making money from... Yeah. Because uh, I believe his father passed away uh, or something to that effect. And so he inherited some kind of... Some of the rights or something. Something. I don't know the ins and outs. But uh, with Tombstone, I believe. Uh and so that helps in making these other movies, I imagine. But it was interesting to, after seeing Beyond the Black Rainbow with him there. He did yeah. a Q&A and he talked about uh, Tombstone. Tombstone. So that that's a good segue. Huber, will you be my Huckleberry? Dude, yes. As we talk about yes. westerns this month. Tombstone. Tombstone, dude. Tombstone, <laughs> dude. It's been a number of years. I gotta Tombstone. see Tombstone again. I miss Tombstone. <sighs> And Silverado, I haven't seen that Silverado's in a long time. Silverado's a classic. Oh I love westerns, and goodness. I realized I realized actually in preparing for this episode that there are a few like I've seen a lot of the big boys, you know, yeah. but there are a few that I just like have not seen, and there's like no excuse. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen, uh, I've seen like parts of, but not all of the Man with No Name. Dude, like second one's the best. Good, bad, third the ugly, one's all good. Good, bad, and the ugly is always the one. That gets all the accolades and the yeah, love, yeah. you know, it's got a sick title. Yeah. Um, it deals a lot with like Mexico and, and the more political yeah. the scope of it all. We're going to touch on that. Yeah. yeah we're going to touch on that. The second one. Uh, so the first one's a fistful of dollars, but then the second one is for a, a few, few dollars, dollars more. more. Yeah. And it's just straight up bounty hunter dude lee van cleef like uneasy alliance with clint eastwood it's just more grounded nice sick shootouts i gotta see that god i love that movie so good yeah so like that that's my big like shameful western blind spot because i always watched more of the like peck and paw mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh search, wild bunch searchers wild bunch yeah oh obviously searchers not peck and paw but like uh yeah, and one of my favorite movies uh, is Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, which I've never which seen. probably a lot of people haven't seen. It's yeah. a it's a lesser known, well maybe lesser known Peck and Paw movie, uh, which you can't even buy on like an actual American Blu-ray. I had really? to buy like I had to buy like the Spanish Blu-ray <laughs> like 10, 15 years ago when I wanted to watch this movie. <laughs> that movie just real quick I, I just shout out to shout, shout out, out to uh, bring the head of Alfredo Garcia because it's Warren Oates basically just being peck and paw. He's like just being like a drunk bastard, um, and it, he is unhinged in that movie. How much blood? You would love gallons this movie. of blood. Not even a lot. Okay, you would love this movie. It has it has a lot of the peck and paw like standbys. Like peck and paw did not trust women. <laughs> I would I would venture a guess to say that Peckinpah did not trust women, um, and probably had a drinking problem or something. Given given Oates's um, portrayal, uh, but yeah, oh man, there's just so much insane stuff in that movie. 
Anyways, um, nice. some of my other... I'll just run down a quick list, as we sometimes do at the beginning of these episodes, of some of my favorite Westerns, and then I want to hear some of your favorite mm-hmm. Westerns. And we have a few uh, of the, the patrons in the $7 and up tier on patreon.com slash easy allies um, join the discussion in the film club, and we have a lot of really great uh, comments this month from them, so we'll lean on that again this month. Um, but we have some favorites from them, too. But here's some of my favorites. Of course, No Country for Old Men. Like... Flawless movie, in my opinion. El Topo, shout out, shout out, Yodorowski, uh, uh, The Wild Bunch, Tombstone, Silverado, Dead Man, Jim Jarmusch, Dip, so weird. Weird uh, one, yeah. Only saw that one once. Back to the Future Part Three, bring me the head of Alfredo <laughs> Garcia. Of course. I love Back to the Future Part Three. Stay out of my yeah, mentions, dude. I love that Griff. movie. Griff. Mad Mi- Dog Tannen. Mad Dog Tannen, dude. <laughs> Griff Mad Dog Tannen, and like. In yes. episode in in Back to the Future Two, Marty walks in on on, on Biff in the hot tub with those people in the alternate eighty five, yeah. and he's watching a western where the guy uses a bulletproof yeah, vest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bulletproof vest, so great flick, great sick. play. And then he does that. Yes. In three, because he saw it in them. Ah, so sick. I love it. And and Doc gets to be happy. Mm-hmm. I like Clara a lot. Yep. Oh man. Good one. And it's like funny. I like Mary Steenburgen a lot. Yeah, me too. It's cool. Anyway. Great movie. Anyone come after me. That movie is fantastic. It holds up. It's obviously not as good as one, but it doesn't need to be. They're different. They're all different. Exactly. Yeah. That you keep like this, this idea of just like writing off a sequel because it's not as good, you know, like alien three syndrome. And it's like, dude, alien three obviously is not alien or aliens, but it's good. I really actually, I really like alien (laughs) three, especially the assembly edit. Yeah. Like if you watch the one where it starts on that beach with the guy walking on the beach, having found the vessel or whatever, and they're like dead cows or what have you. That movie's great. Yeah. I like it. Come at me. Yeah. Uh, Oh, what's happening? Bring me the head. Uh, there will be blood. Bring me the blood. <laughs> Give me the blood, Lord. <laughs> the Searchers, Slow West, Django, the original. I actually didn't like Django Unchanged, really. I didn't like it. I will defend Tarantino till my last dying breath. We'll get into but it. But I'm not going to do it right now because, full full disclosure, I've only seen Django twice. And the last time was like when it released on Blu-ray. The like, new Django Unchained. Yeah, Django Unchained. Yeah. I... I have you seen the ori- so original little. Django? Never. It is so <laughs> badass, dude. He comes into a town. He's the. It's it's basically like Trigun, you know, where mm-hmm. like the guy's carrying around that cross, but he's dragging. I mean, they definitely just took that from Django, but like yeah. he's dragging this coffin the whole show, so the whole movie, sick. and it's like this badass power move, but it's clearly like heavy. Yeah. But and I th- I can't remember if he says it or if everyone just assumes that it's his. It's for himself if he dies, right? Yeah. But then he busts it out. Guns. Oh, baby. I mean, spoiler for Django, like 50 years later, whatever, it's so but guns. it's just a giant Gatling gun. Nice. And it's just like, oh my God. And it's so crazy. It's awesome. Oh, that movie's great. Uh, and there are like a bunch of them. I think I've only seen the first one. I have a cousin, well, I have a first cousin once removed named Django, which he, he was born before Django Unchained. Uh, Blazing Saddles, of course. Yeah. The Revenant. Meek's Cutoff. Have Never you seen Meek's even Cutoff? even heard it. Meek's Cutoff is great. Uh, I can't remember the woman's name who directed it at this moment, but it's very good. Uh, it has a it has Academy ratio, four by three ish ratio. Nice. Uh, which is it's just such a cool. You'd like it. It's it's very slow, but like cool. really intense. Cool. Wind River, 
310 three to Yuma, True Grit, and The Proposition. Nice, dude. Uh, that's, what is his name? Hillcoat. Oh, yeah, John Hillcoat. John Hillcoat. Uh, written by yeah. Nick Cave of Nick Cave cool. and the Bad Seeds. Also, Nick Cave and Warren Ellis did the soundtrack for several movies. The Proposition, nice. I believe, include, included, but also uh, The Assassination of Jesse James. By the One of my all-time oh, yeah. favorite Great films movie. in the history of film. Yeah, it's good. Except isn't Casey Affleck like kind of a creep? Yeah, which is a bummer because that his performance in that was like one of my all time favorites. He's very creepy. he's Robert Ford in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it kind of works. Oh, I love uh, Sam Rockwell. I love Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Do you have any uh, faves that I didn't mention? Uh, yeah. Uh, so my dad doesn't particularly like horror. So growing up, a lot of westerns. Uh like searchers you know yeah. john wayne uh the man who shot liberty valance mm-hmm. is a classic high one noon. of my fi- oh dude high noon high noon is incredible high noon's so good and uh one of my all-time favorites growing up was winchester 73 I've heard starring of that, jimmy stewart and to uh to kind of to kind of broaden the the conversation you know when i it's funny because i always think about when i think of like America in the past, right? Uh-huh. I think of I, when, or when I think of the past, I think of like white picket fences, everything's jolly and nice and and cozy and good, you know. Now in the modern time, it's like more intense. We get yeah. like indie movies and dark stuff. Everything's all dark and edgy and gritty, yeah. right? But I think of all these like when we did film noir and so even some of these old westerns and like the plot lines are so intense yeah. and so dark and and. I personally, I just, I never expect it from like movies in the past and that's just on me. But, uh, the premise of it is Jimmy Stewart's in town and there's a shooting competition and the winner gets a brand new Winchester rifle, Winchester Uh. 73 rifle. And he, he owns it, dude. Like the first 20 minutes is this like shooting competition. It's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. So he owns it and he wins the gun. And of course... He gets attacked by his rival in his hotel room, like oh. upstairs. Beats the they beat the crap out of him. Take his gun. The entire movie is about him going to get his gun back. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I gotta see this. Super cool, dude. It's like 75, 80 minutes. It's a short one. Like, too bad it's not seventy three minutes. Seriously, Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> love Jimmy Stewart. Like, that's one of my. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> you raise I mean I we could do an episode I think we should maybe try to do an episode on this it would be a harder episode to research but uh yeah. like uh, I love earlier movies movies of that era and before like the Hayes Code and all that stuff where they couldn't show a lot of stuff so they had to just heavily imply it yeah. and how how very frequently that makes things so much more intense yeah. or like it heightens the sexual tension to a degree that's like insane yeah. or the violence and terrifying subtext is just like, Oh my yeah. God. And I, and I, I, to go back to maybe why I don't expect it is because movies are so graphic now. Right. So you just think like, Oh, back then they weren't as graphic. So it's obviously not as intense, but like I'm wrong to kind of think that because just the, the plot itself. And like you said, yeah. the illusion, the alluding to it. Yeah. Innuendo. Is, yeah. Like the scene in, uh, Oh, what is it? Uh, it's a wonderful life. I think where they're like in the living room and the phone is ringing and like, they're having this conversation and it's just like, so like the sexual tension yeah. is so palpable. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. But, um, any other ones? 
Winchester 73. Yeah, Winchester. I mean, the, the Man With No Name trailer. You nailed a bunch of them. Dude. Yeah. I love 310 to Yuma. I knew you did. I knew, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I knew. I haven't seen the original yeah. 310 to Yuma. I've only seen Same. the new one. Yeah. But I wonder if it's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid you didn't mention. Oh, I actually don't like that Really? Movie, oh. Which is weird. Maybe I was just in a mood when yeah. I saw it. But I thought it felt to me like... This is a weird example, a weird corollary, but speaking of Nicolas Cage, it felt yeah. sort of like face-off, where at the time, it was super fun just because of the celebrity of the stars. Got it. And, like, this movie has, unless I'm thinking of the wrong movie, but this movie has, like... The bike scene? The bike scene. <laughs> for, like, 20 minutes with the <laughs> sunshine, whatever, on my head, or whatever song it is, and I'm just like, okay, I get it. It's like, a little self-indulgent. But I'm just like, yeah, it's self-indulgent. Yeah. And it also suffers from a thing that I think is really hard to pull off where the wild bunch succeeds in this, in my opinion. Uh, and Bonnie and Clyde also succeeds there. Are th there, there's a thing in movies sometimes that bothers me when it's like, I know where this is headed and I don't like you guys enough Oh, to dude. not want you to just get to the end and die. Oh, like <laughs> Newman and Redford are. So, I like, like them as people. So good in that movie together. I need it probably because you to like see the, it again. you love the Sting. Yeah, I love the Sting. Same exact crew, dude. Same I need director. To see it again. I need to see it again. Like same. What's his name? But it wasn't Houston. I forget. But it's the same director. Mm. So, yeah, I can't remember anything. Yeah. I need to see it again, probably. Yeah, give it a rewatch. I need to give it. I was probably just in a bad place. Now that Red Dead's out, it's Western time. Let's go. Oh yeah. <laughs> Any other one? Tombstone, dude. I'm ready to talk oh, about Tombstone. Tombstone. Let's talk about Let's it. Let's talk Tombstone. about it. Dude. It's so good. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, dude. Like, slowly dying of tuberculosis. Give him the damn Academy Award now. Be like, we, Tombstone? Yeah. Be like, yo, we messed up. We botched it. We botched it. Yo. Like how Easy Allies this year is going to strip Last Guardian of Game of the Year status. Exactly. Exactly. They'll go back. We're going to go back. We're going to recount. Write that wrong. <laughs> yep. And Vote without that dumb rollover <laughs> voting that I propose and yep. will regret for the rest of my life. And we're going to give it to Val Kilmer. Yeah. Game of the year. Game of the year. Val Kilmer in Tombstone <laughs> yeah. as Doc Holliday. Yeah. No, really. <laughs> like him in that movie, it's, it's, I bet so many people out oh, there, like yeah. everyone, dude, that's like one of the best movie roles. Like, you know, if you grew up at that time and you're watching Tombstone, it's like, yeah. dude, Doc Holliday yeah. just crushes it. The movie's vibes are so spot on. Spot on. Also, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't mention Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Danny Glover cameo, top tier. <laughs> just look at each other like yep. four times. <laughs> I love Maverick. I don't mm -hmm. care. Mm-hmm. Like, it has, obviously it has problems, but like, ugh. I love poker. Poker. So like, yeah. Poker on a roof. Jodie Foster, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Super good. Anyway, Tombstone. Yep. Those are pretty much all I can think of right now. Yeah. Unforgiven. Oh, that's my number. Seen. That's my number one. I say that all the time. I saw Unforgiven when I was like <laughs> seven. I, I like one. don't remember it. Unforgiven <laughs> is like always competing in my brain. Like, like obviously Aliens has yeah. that has it on lockdown in yeah. there. <laughs> but uh, Unforgiven is always like knocking up there. Like yo, right. yo, 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 right. yo. Like, right. Oh. Um. Let's hear from some patrons here. Uh, James Vest, huge fan of westerns, mostly because they were the movies I watched with my father growing up. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites is Rio Bravo, which nice. I haven't seen. Have you seen that? Yep. One? Uh, 
I always enjoyed I like the it. film a lot. I also found the story about how the movie was created in response to High Noon by Wayne and Hawks. Uh, it is without a doubt my favorite Western by him, up there with Shane and Tombstone as favorite Westerns overall. Nice. Very good. Fape, F-A-A-I-P. Fape. Um, I never know how to say that one. No, I never know how to say I'm anything. Sorry. <laughs> uh, my favorite Western is easily John Ford's The Searchers. I so love adventure epic. on an epic scale, yeah. and I think Ford delivers one of his best examples with that film. Mm-hmm. Although it can be a bit campy at times, it's also probably Ford's darkest story. Ethan is a deeply flawed character on an obsessive quest fueled by really nothing more than hatred, to a point where his objective changes from rescuing his niece to finding and killing her for living with the Comanche. Uh, we're Searchers gonna, is like... Searchers is complex searchers and the good the bad and the ugly i feel like are always the ones that can make a case and unforgiven for yeah. like the the best western yeah. like when, searchers it probably takes the cake yeah it's not my favorite i love it but if anyone comes and says yo the searchers is the best i'll be like sure yep. like, yeah <laughs> yep fine <laughs> what i love and we're gonna talk about race and that kind of stuff toward the end i think but uh i i took a class on westerns in film school and we talked a lot about the searchers and how it's a good example of a character being super racist and terrible without the movie seeming like it's supporting that, Mm -hmm. you know, like it doesn't paint Ethan in a good light Mm -hmm. for that. And for a film of that time period too, it's just like pretty intense. Yeah. Um, Pat and Werner. I mean, it's been since college since I've seen the searchers, so maybe Mm -hmm. I'm forgetting things, but, uh, Pat and Werner brought up one that I actually have not even heard of, but we both have a huge love for its star. Uh, Patton Werner says, I am shocked that no one has mentioned The Salvation, starring Mads Mikkelsen. What? Mads! What? I thought I'd seen his entire filmography, dude. What gives? Have you seen The Hunt? Yes. The movie is depressing. Smacks depression, dude. Can't handle it, dude. That That final shot. Oh, my God. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Depression. The Hunt. It's very intense. Be sad. Be sad. Yeah. Uh... It had a very limited run in theaters and was, this is back to the salvation, uh, and was uh, on a few streaming services for a bit, but it's not to be missed. Uh, Not just a great Western, but also a great film. Jeffrey Dean Morgan's portrayal of Henry Delarue puts Negan to shame. Mads' violent and capable performance uh, or portrayal of John makes for one of the most memorable quests for revenge in Western history. I hope and pray you guys see it and discuss it before the recording. Sorry, we didn't. But uh, I definitely am adding this to the list. It sounds crazy. Yeah, I'm looking. Dude, Eva Green, too? What? Yeah. She's the best. Oh, we're going to get into sci-fi Westerns earlier. Bad men will bleed is the tagline. Dude. Let's watch it. Looks dope. Um, Prospect. Prospect. Sci-fi movie, yeah. coming coming limited release soonish. I think okay. looks awesome. It's got uh, Oberon from Game of Thrones, nice. Oberon or whatever. Yeah, Prince the, Oberon. Yeah, the Viper or Dude. whatever. Um, looks crazy. But Murdered it, yeah, so it looks uh, it looks like a sci-fi western. They like go. They're like prospectors on planets trying to get the best haul. Awesome. Awesome. Sign me up. Yeah. Space. Space Cowboys, dude. Space Cowboys. We're going to talk <laughs> yep. about Space Cowboys. <laughs> Trust me. Um, <clears throat> talking about Western tropes. There are yeah. a lot of Western tropes. Yeah. They lean on, you know, the out-of-town stranger, mm-hmm. the outlaw, the shootout, the, the you know, high looking noon. looking for redemption. Well, yeah, revenge. Yep. Uh, but uh, 
the patrons phrased this all better than maybe we could. So, uh, Fipe again. It's also a perfect example. Oh yeah, I put this there. Um, continuing the discussion of the salvation, I believe. It's also a perfect example of my favorite Western trope: the gunslinger slash outlaw slash adventurer that has, in a way, sold their soul to the frontier and is unable to enter back into society. Uh, oh wait, this might be talking about. Ah, that's talking about the searchers. Sorry, Pat and Werner brought up salvation. Fight was the searchers. Uh, yeah, it goes on. But uh, Tokyo Slim then says, Western tropes, stranger rides into town to stir up trouble. Outlaws are the good guys, progress and death of the Wild West. Train robberies, everyone drinks whiskey, duel at high noon. <laughs> Morgan Mahala, deserts and sunsets, lever action, lever action rifles and shooting two revolvers. High noon quick draw, shooting the rope to free hanging Yes. Man. Love that one in Back to the Future Part 3. <laughs> Dude, I didn't mention Magnificent Seven. Oh, Another yeah. classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh. It's so good. It always, like, why Why do those deaths always hurt me, right? Like, 13 Assassins, you yeah. know? There's always that, like, epic-ass character just, like, doing right, trying to, like, protect people, and yeah. then just, like, go down in a blaze of glory. I'm always just like, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll talk, actually, about the corollary between samurai films and westerns in a minute, mm-hmm. too, but... Uh, you know, they remade Unforgiven in Japan. Really? With uh, Ken Watanabe as Clint Eastwood. Whoa. Never saw I like tried to get it when it was it, coming out. Is it also called Unforgiven? I, called something else? I forget. I think it came out a while ago and I could never like track it down. Right. So It's tough sometimes. Yeah. Uh, James Vest. One thing that I do remember about classical westerns and the stories is that most of the time, the battle isn't one of a gunslinger against another gunslinger, but the Wild West against the civilized. The Wild against the civilized. The idea being that the cowboy represents an untamed person, a person who is still wild. He enters into civilization, which is represented by the people he helps, and then in the end, he either becomes part of the civilization, giving up the wild part of himself, or he returns to the wild. That's why the cowboy rides into the sunset. It's a sign of him rejecting civilization, in the form of city or people he saved and returning to the wild. That's how it is explained to me anyhow. And I always thought that line of thinking was really interesting. That is, that's a, a really good trope that I like. Um, sort of that idea of like Mad Max in a huge way is like this too, where it's like you're sort of this mythic figure more than a person. Yeah. And you realize like there's no place for you in this world You'll come in and do what needs to be done, what other people can't do, and mm-hmm. then you must you must go back out. Yeah, uh, you can't be a part of that. You can't Don't have it. Don't go, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shane is an interesting one too because it's like kind of like he's probably gonna die, right? Yeah. 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 So that's a whole other thing. He's like returning to the wild of yeah. death. So epic too. But um, I love that idea. Obviously, Red Dead Redemption is yeah. talking about that in a big way. I haven't mm-hmm. finished it yet, but uh. Yeah. And high noon, like the idea of just like no one, no one's going to help. Right. No one's going to help you. Right. Like, oh, that's so intense. And there's a comment about this too later, but, uh, dude, also I would be remiss to not mention this. Okay. The movie itself as like has gotten better over time. I saw it in the theater as like a teenager with my friends and we, all of us were so pissed because we were angsty teenagers <laughs> and we were so bored out of our minds. And I kept, this movie's always on TV. I kept going, I keep going back to it. It'll be on, I'll click in and I'll just find myself getting swept up in it. And it has one of the great shootouts in Westerns 
open range. I was going to say open range. Yep. Sleeper, yep. dude. Yep. Sleeper hit movie. Kevin Costner. Very slow. Yeah. You 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 maybe want to watch this movie on like a Sunday afternoon. It's yeah. one of those like Barry Lyndon situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just dust boot. Yeah. Really <laughs> slow and long, but but whole, like just gets better. Every I'm glad time you I see brought it. that up because I remember yeah. when I saw, I went to the theater and yeah. I saw Open Range and I was disappointed. Was like, oh. But it has one of the best better shootouts in it, and I think it that in that movie specifically, mm-hmm. um, it uh owes a lot to the sound design dude those guns and the impact sounds yeah, yeah, of the wood yeah. some of the most intense gun sounds <laughs> i've ever heard in a movie for oh, sure God, you've seen it dude like yes. oh yeah. yeah when he there's a sh- scene where he like shoots a guy through the wall the with a shotgun, shotgun and it like it like hits you in the chest it's, yeah. yeah it sounds like a bomb going off yeah. and it's phenomenal yeah yeah, weird. Like it's one of those movies. The proposition, in a strange way, is sort of like this too. And we're, yeah. we'll talk about this revisionist western and sort of like anti-western kind of mentality. But like, yeah, Open Range. It felt like it didn't. It like just didn't quite get there. Yeah, True Grit sort of. Yeah. The the Coen Brothers True Grit sort of did the same thing for totally. me. Totally. Like it Where just it's like almost great. Right. <laughs> yeah. It like it like it's like a it gets to eighty percent and then kind of is done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Open Range phenomenal shootout yeah i have not seen godless you've watched godless dude yeah i loved it i really it's i was very really into it's very red dead <laughs> okay yeah. the idea the like and it won like a million emmys but the idea from the ads that i saw <laughs> sounded really cool it's yeah. like the women take over a town after all the men die in like yeah. a mining accident or something yeah it sounds great and uh and jeff bridges comes in tries to yeah, take over he's really good and yeah. scott michelle dockery from downton and jack o'connell who's like one of my favorite actors ever. He's this year British dude. He's in like uh he made it big in Skins. Okay. This uh yeah. European show. Uh and then he's also in the like a lot of indie cool movies. He's in like Start Up, this prison movie with uh Rupert Friend. He was in uh Unbroken, the the uh, okay, Angelina yeah. Jolie movie. Just a really, really good I'd probably actor. recognize Great him. Great sure kid. He's amazing. Cool. Love the guy. But yeah, I, I need to see Godless. Yeah. Um Rory McGuire says, my all-time favorite Western and one of my favorite films is Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West. It's a quintessential Western, perfectly executing the themes of revenge, expansionism, opportunism, and the American dream. It uses my favorite Western trope, the long, suspenseful build before the loud explosion, speaking of open range, loud explosion of a gunfight. Brilliantly, see the very opening of the film, while skirting around the more shameful Western tropes of how indigenous... Uh, Chinese, Mexican, or black people are portrayed. In my opinion, it has one of the best scores mm-hmm. of any Western, uh, and mm-hmm. with each character having their own themes that intertwine together when conflict occurs. And it uses Henry Fonda, a traditionally heroic character, yeah. as the villain. As the villain, dude. Henry Fonda, rare turn as a villain, kills it. Yeah. Oh my God. Is it Henry Fonda that's the bad guy in the limey? One of my favorite. I think movies. it's Peter. It's Peter uh, that's Fonda. Peter Fonda. I think yeah. so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's Peter Fonda. Dude, Once Upon a Time in the West, with what is his name? Uh, Death Wish. Oh, uh, uh, Bronson. Bronson. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> so good. I haven't seen it. I need to see it. Oh my God, the soundtrack, Ian. I know. I know. Dude, watch the watch the beginning when you get home. I think I'm realizing that that Leone like spaghetti western yeah. is my blind spot. I like haven't seen a lot of those. Dude, the music. It's so weird. Music. I love it. I was just glad. Marconi, like I was on. glad that he got to do 
Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of compo- composers, I asked our patrons what their favorite composers were. <laughs> it's got, it's and, easy. Uh, easy. E- pretty much everyone yeah. said yeah. Marconi, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, Tokyo Slim said, uh, when you're talking about the most well-known, best Western composers, you're pretty much talking about Marconi. Uh, he's a legend. Uh, I think Elmer Bernstein's theme for the Magnific- Magnificent Seven may be a perfect piece of music, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, played it um, in marching band, Ian. On my you clarinet. did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so good. I can bust uh, it out. Dude, I should bust that out on clarinet. There is. Don't, don't, don't tweet me that. <laughs> Please, I would love to hear that. Just, like, just personally, maybe for me. down the line or yeah. something. <laughs> like um, uh, maybe. Uh, well, it's funny that you mentioned that. I have a clarinet right here. <laughs> uh, I wish that'd be so funny. Uh, I'm gonna start carrying clarinet around with me all the time <laughs> just to like put you on blast. Um, there is a really cool. I don't remember her name right now because my memory is terrible. But there's a very very cool. Uh, um, what is it called? The like famous Marconi song. Uh, uh, what is it called? Someone mentioned it. I think. Let me see. Um, uh, ecstasy. Uh, damn it. Well, whatever. The big famous one, the name of which I don't remember, and you're all kicking me in the face because of it. Um, I'm really terrible with song Me names. too, me too. Uh, but anyway, she does a cover of it on the um, the Agony and the Ecstasy? No, the Ecstasy of Gold? That might be it. Whatever. She does a cover of it on a theremin, and it's super awesome. Nice. I don't <laughs> even know. What is a theremin? A theremin is an instrument that works with like uh, magnetic energy like electromagnetic whatever conduction and like your hand the closer it gets to the it's like the classic um forbidden planet like sci-fi like instrument cool um but like the (laughs) left hand controls volume and the right hand controls pitch uh with this like just antennas and you don't even touch it so you're just waving your hands in the air awesome Um, her her technique is actually really cool because she has like her hand in this kind of kind of like a open kind of hand position yeah and she can do a whole scale just by going like this with her hand like whoa kind of slightly opening and moving her fingers <sighs> which is her own kind of style it is pretty cool Badass. um would you kindly mentions of course marconi although i put this in just because i love it nick cave and warren ellis's assassination of jesse james uh is also amazing oh there's some really good tracks in there oh dude like any the like uh that one song when it with the narrator yeah. The narrator's talking. And one of my favorite the, tracks. Oh, it might be the same one. One of my favorite tracks from that soundtrack is called Gun Thing, I think. I think that's from that soundtrack, not the proposition. But uh, God, it's good stuff. Man. Oh, yeah. Did, did you ever hear it's a tragic, tragic tale, the lost to the annals of time or what have you? There was a four-hour cut of Assassination of Jesse James. Oh, really? That everyone wanted, man. And they just, he's like, it's not never releasing it it's not happening wow there's like a four hour director's cut huh and it like almost got released they they were gonna like release it in theaters it just didn't happen i wanted it because that's that's another really really long movie a lot of of westerns are really long yeah and i love that movie so much like every minute of it so i was just like give me more give me more. yeah yeah but it yeah never happened funny um would you kind of also mentions alva noto and ryuchi sakamoto's revenant uh is good I've seen that movie, but I don't. I can't conjure the soundtrack at this time in my brain box. Dude, can I have a gnarly hot take? Yo, I did not like the Revenant. You didn't like the Revenant, and I'm obsessed with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, I love the Wild West. I love Tom Hardy. Don't you even like that director I too? I love Inarritu. Yeah, 
Yeah, I didn't really like Birdman, so maybe I don't like Inaratu. I liked Birdman. Didn't like The Revenant. What about it do you think you didn't like? I only saw it once in theaters. I think because so. they shoot the bear, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the bear gets a lot of good hits The in. bear does some damage. The bear does some damage. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I have. I need to revisit it. I, yeah. I only saw it in the theater once. Mm-hmm. Need to go back. I think... Rewatch time. Just Just for filmmaking, like, the, the performances obviously are incredible, but just, like, the sheer force of will in filmmaking that The Revenant represents is bonkers to me. Like, the fact that it's all natural light, that they were just literally fighting nature. Yeah. They had... I need to watch it. They had, like, three alternates for every shoot day that everyone had to be ready to do just based on the weather. Crazy. And, like, if it's... Like, the the shoot schedule is, like, if it's snowing, we're doing these scenes. If it's Mm -hmm. warm, we're doing these scenes. If it's really cold, we're doing the... Like, whatever. Yeah. And that, to me, is crazy. Yeah. Just, like, the sheer force of psychotic will it took to make that movie (laughs) is is impressive (laughs) enough on its own, I think. I I enjoyed it a lot, but, um, yeah. I could definitely see not... You know, it is... It is... Similar to Open Range and and True Grit, where it did, I my hopes maybe my expectations it didn't quite reach the heights mm-hmm. I was hoping for. Perhaps yeah. maybe. Yeah. Again, I've only yeah like you seen it once, but yeah, yeah, I liked the. Record. I need to go back to it. It's crazy. I mean, it's like Barry I think Lyndon, it's one like, of those things where I'd like it on another really DM. well shot. Yeah, I think you would. I think you would. That'd be an interesting one. Leo yeah. does a crazy job in it. Movies you hated and then loved. <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> it's hard Ooh, to think about think. it. Yeah, it's really hard. Definitely, there have been movies like the the first example of of a movie that I thought was just okay and now is one of my favorite movies of all time was The Big Lebowski. Nice. The first time I watched it, I was like, okay, yeah, it's good. And then the second time I watched it, I'm like, oh, this is the funniest thing on the planet. <laughs> like, why did I not see this the first yeah. time? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Let's talk about, because the Western is, it's a mainstay of cinema. It's stuck around since 1903, you know, like one of the- Great train robbery. Yeah, the great train robbery is like, you know, cited as the first like Western. The Edison Company apparently had done some some little Western-y things too before that. But like, yeah, more or less the great train robbery. Why do you think Westerns have have such staying power? Why have they stuck around for so long? Part of it, I think, is historical. Mm. Just like, you know, you're... I think it's always fun seeing, like, a bit of history. You know, movies can take us somewhere, whether that's sci-fi in the future or the Wild West in the past, you know? So I think uh, I think that helps. And it's just been so romanticized over the years. Yeah. It's so prolific. They've made so many of them. Like, some of the biggest, like, Hollywood was almost, like, founded on that, like, Great Train Robbery, you said, but then so many stars, yeah. you know, have kind of just, like, carried that yeah. and elevated it into, like, immortality, if you will. And, I mean, that makes me think, too, kind of, in a sense, the story, like, the kind of Western story that the Push West, the American frontier... Mm-hmm has a lot of similarities with the rise of the film industry mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. Like there are a lot of corollaries there. I think Hollywood was West. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yeah. 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 Um, I think you're totally right. I think you're totally right. And also I think you mentioned sci-fi and I think Westerns and sci-fi 
um, maybe even more than fantasy films um, as genres are are very well equipped to discuss kind of social yes issues totally. uh, because sci-fi obviously you can frame current problems in a technological or futuristic way and hit it in that kind of regard westerns have this weird ability to dilute everything dilute everything down to like their raw elements and then you can just like shoot it in the face yeah and and talk about mccarthyism or racism or um you know colonialism or whatever it is you want to tackle mm-hmm. uh women's suffrage like all these kind of big ticket items you can you can kind of have a town represent one half and mm-hmm. like these outlaws represent the other half and then just kind of go in this morality play yeah um i think that's a really powerful tool yeah. for storytelling but also just and a few people said this too it it's just such a hero's tale like timeless 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 tale joseph campbell style just <laughs> yeah. like here here are these guys here are these guys yeah. go for it um and we'll discuss in a second about classical westerns versus revisionist westerns and how morality has gotten grayer over time. Yeah. But I think, yeah, the good guys, the us versus them kind of trope, it's just kind of a simple story to tell yeah. and one that people don't ever seem to get tired of. No. And they're usually really pretty. <laughs> sure. Very good point. <laughs> they're always fun to look at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just, you head out, you just John Ford it and head out to Monument Valley and yeah. there you go. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, would you kindly said that every kid's dream uh, is represented in, in Westerns and, and it represents the freedom and anarchy that we all secretly thrive for, <laughs> which is probably true. Um, the lawlessness. Yeah, Deadwood. You know, Dude, it's coming back. Wait, it is? As a movie? In production. Done. Like, the deal has been set. Oh, baby. Actors are booked now to I return. Need to, now I need to actually watch that series and finish it all the way. I watched like season one. I liked it. It is. Oh, I, never mind. I won't even tell you the premise. Moving on. I mean, I know the yeah, premise. No, if you, if you, uh, for the movie, I mean. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. Don't tell the, me the, the premise, premise is is pretty much out. Uh, Tokyo Slim says I think westerns have stuck around as long as they have because they delivered satisfyingly on archetypes and tropes that people enjoy seeing: tough, rugged heroes, adventure, ideals triumphing over corruption. Mm-hmm. Western westerns are not necessarily about cowboys; they are reflections of our culture's base morality. As a moral center has grown. As our moral center has grown to include things like independence of women, you saw such films like Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid evolve from the damsel in distress into more liberated morality of the 60s and 70s. Uh, There's also something to be said for the ingrained cinematic language. This is a long one. (laughs) There's also something to be said for the ingrained cinematic language and easily identifiable roles of hero and villain, even in movies with blurred lines or archetypes like Unforgiven. As bad as the protagonist is, he's got motivations that are pure, and there's someone worse there to defeat. Can I just say I 100% modeled Arthur Morgan off of Clint Eastwood in Unforgiven? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Arthur Morgan is a great example. The the player character of, of Red Dead Redemption 2... Yeah, because he is like, he says it himself, like, we are bad men. Yeah. But you can... You have your own motivation. You can do kind things. You can be like, you know. Yeah. Um, also, uh, you know, again, the kind of death of the, that part in society, they grapple with that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, oh, yeah, this thought I really liked. Uh, he goes on to say it's essentially the precursor to things like superhero films in certain ways, 
Western cinema evolved out of the tales of Penny Dreadfuls and dime store novels of the Western frontier, which were consumed as popular media much in the same way that comics were in the 80s and 90s. Real-life people like Wild Bill Hickok, Annie Oakley, and Billy the Kid were glamorized and fictionalized in these pulpy books. I think that's really interesting yeah. to think about because, yeah, superheroes now, and I think maybe he has a comment that goes into this a little more in a second too, but it's kind of a similar thing right now. Yeah. Like, whereas in the 60s and 40s and stuff, westerns were huge and talked about this stuff. Now we do it with superheroes, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's interesting. The, um, yeah, like, uh, even, even like not so good superhero stuff. Like I'm thinking of, uh, Cloak and Dagger. Sure. It was like, meh, <laughs> but it's still dealing with like rocks on oil co- corporation right, right, and right. like, you know, right. It's just <laughs> so, a new, new paint job on yeah, the same kind yeah. of corporate greed. Yeah. You know? Um, so I mentioned a second ago the terms classical westerns mm. and revisionist revisionist westerns yeah oh yeah and we talked about this in in that class i took in film school back in the day but uh so westerns are t- typically divided into two big categories or kind of four main categories uh, subgenres so there's classical westerns which are typically the the earlier stuff you okay. know the the like first off the blocks kind of westerns uh old school good versus bad very clear morality mm-hmm. uh winchester 73 yeah and typically typically yeah. you could say these are the ones that mostly came out before wa- uh, world war Two. got it um kind of just like the hero rides into town oftentimes like native americans were the bad guys mm. stuff like that i mean like obviously like dated and not totally great all the time no, they weren't always like that obviously but yep. like that kind of stuff and then revisionist westerns started you know roughly during after world war ii uh but a lot of a lot of them like hardcore in the 60s um a lot more morally gray tales uh and like heroes that are bad but the bad guys are worse so like wild bunch i think the searchers is a good example of this mm-hmm. uh early unforgiven unforgiven yeah necessarily um then you have of course spaghetti westerns typically made in italy typically by sergio leone <laughs> uh, you know and others um but kind of the european take and mostly they were made over there just because it was cheaper but leone definitely had his own kind of style and it showed and then people started replicating it mm-hmm. and it be- blossomed into like a sub sub genre uh and then what a lot of people then say are modern westerns um which for my money are basically still just revisionist westerns and like i actually wonder if you could make a modern western in a classical style that wasn't revisionist that <laughs> i think my the film teacher i had talked about it where it was um uh, I really wish I could remember the term he used at the time. It was classical revisionist and then like something like resurrectionist or like return, like a return to classical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, t- I think it's a melding of both. Whereas mm-hmm. like revisionist straight up capital R revisionist Westerns are basically like intentionally trying to subvert the classical Western modalities yeah. where it's like, Oh, the hero isn't good. Um, I mean, like, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia and the Wild Bunch are, like, crazy, like, yeah. revisionist westerns where it's, like, pretty much everybody in this is trash. Yeah. Um, but, like, this is kind of the confluence. Modern westerns can be, like, a confluence of that mm-hmm. where I think Hell or High Water or Wind River yes. are cool examples of this because 
yeah, they're not doing good things. They are morally gray, but you can definitely see their reasons. And the the quote unquote bad guys are just as complicated. And you know, like Hell or High Water, nobody's bad really in that. Like they're robbing for a specific reason, yep. and the cop is just being a cop, but he's nice about it. If yeah. I recall, like he's not a douche. The, they're uh, at the end. It, it's like the banks are. Bad. right right it's yeah like, it's i mean again yeah corporate yeah. corporate corporations are bad uh, is the motive yeah but like the main characters are kind of on the same side of it yeah of the issue you know mm-hmm. what i mean so yeah it's sort of like that kind of a deal um ben foster dude. yeah god i love him yeah so hell or high water man dude th- that was another one on netflix dude outlaw king Oh yeah, Hell or High Water director Mackenzie. Wait, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. It's it was out of control, dude. Netflix is just. I wonder if that's good. Throwing money. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they have so much money. It's insane. Uh, Samuel Cardwell, uh, with reference to uh, revisionist westerns, I really like this comment. Uh, mentions High Noon. I imagine High Noon has to be one of the earliest true revisionist westerns. Came out in 1952. Wow. Its townspeople, far from being innocent or decent, abandon the marshal to the outlaws <laughs> who want to kill him. This is typically read as an allegory for McCarthyism, like we mentioned earlier. Indeed, the screenwriter himself was blacklisted and went into exile in the UK. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, his oh, Quaker goodness. wife is forced to abandon her pacifism to save him, and at the end, the marshal throws his star in the dirt and wordlessly leaves with his wife. So epic. Yeah. Not into the sunset, but off into another town to run a store and live a normal life. Yeah, it's high noon, dude. <laughs> it's so Gary good. Cooper. Yeah. Badass. And like kind of in real time. That movie is yeah. crazy. Just the ticking clock. Yeah. Oh, God. High noon. <laughs> the tension, so the buildup, the shootout. Um, yeah. <laughs> Makes me want to watch it again right now. I want to throw that on. Yeah. I, I want to. I have so many movies I want to watch right now. I know. I know. Uh, moving through the comments here, uh, Tyler Manning mentions, "I'd like a little discussion about Western versus neo Western. The Western is, of course, the classic cowboy setting, and neo Westerns are contemporary in setting. My favorite neo Western is probably Hell or High Water. Okay, yeah. it's a knock out of the park film. Taylor Tyler uh, Taylor Sheridan is a master of the neo Western. Between this, Sicario, and Wind River, I agree. And Yosemite. Yosemite. He, he did a show." Really? Called Yosemite. When was this? It came out like a few months ago. What? And it's, uh, he wrote and directed it, and it's Kevin Costner, and it's like a six How or seven How have I part. not even heard of this? Came and went. Dude, it was on like Paramount Channel or That's something. That's why. Weird, okay. yeah. <laughs> so. uh, no Country is also a classic, but as far as Bang for Your Buck, Hell or High Water has it all. An intense film from start to finish. I highly recommend Hell or High Water. All of I it. I love that movie. Everything Sheridan writes, yeah. consume. Sicario 1. I didn't see Sicario 2. It was it was okay, could have been way worse. Okay, yeah. So cause here's the thing: could have been bad. I didn't see Sicario two because yeah. I was like, top ten movies that don't need a sequel, right? <laughs> or like that a sequel would be like kind of offensive. Yeah. They, but if they handed it, was Sheridan involved or no? He wrote it. Oh, okay. He did write it. Okay, okay. Um, okay. and it's got a cool. It like takes it in another direction, but it's still kind of like anchored to the first one which is cool yeah um yeah it was it was okay it wasn't it's not nearly as good as the first one yeah. obviously but because the was, message of the first it was worth one it. is just so intense yeah <laughs> it, it, it's worth it um, and and it it made me more excited for a third one even where oh. i was like dude let's go sicario three sicario now. cinematic when, yeah. universe when sicario <laughs> 2 was announced i was a little bummed and now here i am like all right let's get three because like two was deep isn't that weird yeah you don't want 
the sequel, you get it, and it's okay, but then you want another sequel. Like, they, like, could, <laughs> they could get this right a third time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sicario's kind of a neo-Western, like a modern kind of. Eh. Blunt, dude. Oh, she's she's throw a cowboy hat on her. Yeah. Just gunslinger. <laughs> oh, man, I'd watch that. <laughs> she sort of has that kind of attitude in uh, uh, Looper. Looper. Yeah. Come um, out or I will cut you the f in half. <laughs> It's like one of my favorite Looper lines. Dude. Need to rewatch that. Weird Throw movie. that on. Yeah. Uh, so I asked uh, the the patrons about influences of Western genre that have spilled out into other parts of filmmaking, which I would kind of basically say is everywhere, mm-hmm. like everything. Uh, Tokyo Slim, uh, much in the same way as Westerns evolved from the classical to the more complex revol- re- revisionist era, modern superhero films have evolved from stuff like Flash Gordon into Logan and Deadpool. Totally true. Um, and I mean, I think a few people mentioned it, uh, down here, but like, I mean, I, you know, Star Wars and a whole bunch of stuff. owe to kind of Westerns, mm-hmm. I think. And I mean, I think again, it's because it is such just like a classic hero's journey most of the time. Yeah. Um, real quick, I want to talk about the correlation between samurai films Let's and Japanese cinema and Westerns specifically. I mean, obviously you've got. Seven Samurai yeah. and the Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Um, 13 Assassins, I, I was, think. Dude, I was thinking when I was playing Red Dead 2, Ian, like, uh-huh. because I'm an American, so I'm just, like, I, I obviously look at You're an Red, American, bro? Red Dead a little differently because it's, like, sure, the West, I'm an American. And, and, like, it's our own it, nightmare past. It's like when I play <laughs> Yakuza, you know, that's right. a Japanese game. I was imagining, like, Japanese players playing red dead with like subtitles or something just yeah. like that transporting back into the old west and like how you perceive it differently maybe you know Cause well and like- and like america and japan especially after uh world war ii have had this like intense cultural exchange mm-hmm. uh but that i think was going on even before that probably maybe not um but yeah our, our two cultures have kind of been like in love with each other in strange ways which is cool i love it um <laughs> E Sun Chor or I Sun Chor brought up, uh, just had a, a handy little list here that I thought was really nice. nice. So Rashomon, 1950, is very similar to The Outrage in 1964. Seven Samurai, 54. The Magnificent Seven, 1960. The Hidden Fortress, 1958. Star Wars, 1977. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen The Hidden Fortress, so I'm not sure about that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's right. Yojimbo, 1961. Fistful of Dollars, 1964. Um, yeah, I think... And Tokyo Slim talks about, yeah, Magnificent Seven, Fistful of Dollars, uh, Yojimbo, uh, all these things being kind of correlations. Uh, Alan Kanlick says, Yojimbo is as much of a Western as the man with no name, and the way film culture from both sides of the Pacific has fed off of each other, that there are movies that couldn't exist without this relationship. The Good, the Bad, and the Weird is a great Korean yeah. spinoff. Yes. Yeah. And there was a... Tsukiyaki Western Django. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Django. I, I've always heard it pronounced Django, actually, yeah. which is funny, but it's just Django. Both of those. That movie is bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, Vengeance. Forgot about that one. Uh, yeah. Afro Samurai. Yeah. Yeah. Samurai Champloo in a certain way. I mean, obviously Cowboy Bebop, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, Western comedies and 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 Western genre mashups. I want to talk about this because mm-hmm. I think that the Western. Because it is kind of such a blank slate, you can kind of throw any other genre on top of it, be it comedy, horror, sci-fi. Undead nightmare. Yeah. And it like just works, right? <laughs> yeah. 
It's so cool. I love a good Western <laughs> horror slash Western comedy slash Western sci-fi. Tomahawk. I never saw that. Dude. Is it good? Yes. I've heard great things. Yeah. Is it a horror? I don't want to. I don't want to. Like I the watch less it. you know I wanna, about yeah, okay. Bone Tomahawk, I've heard it's crazy. <laughs> like yeah. the less you know, the better. Okay. Um, Jones was right about like thing like. I, I was bummed. I wanted. Remember, I wanted Halloween to come out on Halloween or whatever. Yeah. Jones was right, dude. Like you got it. The hype come is out. before. It is. Yeah. I finally felt that this year. It's like because get it out early because Sabrina came out so late and now I'm not even hyped also it's not very good but like the the hype for Halloween dies the day after Halloween when all the damn Christmas things come up Mm -hmm. also like poor Thanksgiving poor Thanksgiving I mean it's kind of weird hot dog or hot dog holiday but like (laughs) uh yeah it's just all Christmas all the time as soon as Halloween is gone I want Halloween to be like two or three times a year (laughs) we need like Halloween two (laughs) Halloween three Um, <laughs> Carl Williams brought up a film that I hadn't heard of that sounds kind of interesting to me. It's a Western comedy, Cat Baloo. Uh, Jane Fonda as the titular character trying to avenge the death of her father but ends up becoming an outlaw. Lee Marvin in dual roles, Kid Shaleen, a gun for hire that is a complete drunk, and Tim Sharon, a killer that has a silver nose. It's been a while since they've seen the movie, but they remember liking it uh, and Sick. it being funny. And then a lot of people mentioned sci-fi westerns, uh, like Firefly, obviously, Cowboys vs. Oh, Aliens, Man in the High Castle. Dude. Firefly. Oh, we not talked about Firefly. I know. Firefly. <laughs> Firefly for me, well, it came at a time because I was, I was brainstorming a, like a novel yeah. that like took place only on Earth, but it was like the government had forced psychic abilities on people as a form of evolution. <laughs> Chinese had melded with like a Western American kind of thing. And it was like old West cause the power all went out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Firefly came out and I was just like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Firefly is great yeah. though. Serenity um, rules. Yeah. I like serenity. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, Trigun. Um, but then the, the granddaddy, obviously of all of them to me, Cowboy Bebop. Of course. Like, of course, Cowboy Bebop is just pitch perfect to me. And mm-hmm. Oh God. Why can't we get that Keanu Reeves Cowboy Bebop movie, dude? Isn't that like the the dream of dreams? If Keanu, yeah, Keanu, Keanu as Spike. Spike is like, yeah, the only like non-Japanese answer I think I would take. Yeah. You ever see 47 Ronin with Keanu? I did not. I, I, I kind of wanted to, but then it was so blasted when yeah, it came it out. Bad, it was bad. John Wick 3, dude. I'm ready. I'm so ready. Has Keanu ever been in a Western? Oh. Hmm. Nothing is springing to mind. Maybe there's one that we're Maybe it would I'm like trying to picture him in like Western getup. Does he look funny or cool? I don't know. In Bill and Ted's Excellent <laughs> Adventure, they go and get Billy the Kid yeah. in the Wild West. <laughs> so he's been to the Wild okay. West. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Stephen Bo- Beaumont brought up those three uh, as well as a few other people. Uh, but Cowboy Bebop is just, ugh. Ugh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Tyler Travis... Necessarily necessary to bring up the American astronaut to bring it to your attention. If you're not familiar, it's a bizarro sci-fi Western musical shot in black and white in 2001. Not the most amazing movie you'll see this week, but it's unique as hell. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone brought up f- uh, an American tale? Ugh. Bible goes west. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no, I'm sad. I know. No, I'm sad. Epic, though. Yeah. 
Was that Disney? There's no way, right? I don't think so. Because that would be like a Disneyland or something. I feel like it was Kingdom one of those Hearts. early like movies where you're like, like wait, Anastasia wait, this isn't Disney. Yeah, Anastasia's yeah. the like quintessential. This isn't Disney. What? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to mention the psychedelic or Acid West, El Topo, El Topo. one of my faves. El Topo, The Dark Tower, more the books than the movie. Dead Man, of course. Uh, from Dust Till Dawn, horror, you know, kind of. El Topo is bonkzors. Yeah. Uh, Yodorowsky, have you seen El Topo? Once. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised that you saw it. Because it's uh, Desperado. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Desperado. Yeah. How have we so, not brought up Desperado? Had to, had to see the origins. Yeah. Um, we must travel in a spiral. I remember the only thing I remember really for I've seen like Desperado like 30 times but the only thing I remember is like double pistols jumping I mean, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. so many shots of Antonio Banderas um yeah which des- <laughs> one of the Desperados he has like a there's like a remote control car wait there's more than case? one Desperado yeah, kind of, right? There's like the Wait, El Mariachi, and then there's Desperado, and then I think there's like a that's third right one somehow. That's right with Depp, dude. Like, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And he's like blind. They take his eyes. Yeah. And he, he's an FBI agent, and one time he's just wearing a shirt that says FBI on it, but like as a joke. <laughs> yeah. I forgot all about it all. It's all just... Yeah, all that whole era of filmmaking. Whole, <laughs> I saw Desperado at a drive-in movie theater. How weird is that? That's awesome yeah <laughs> uh would you kindly says el topo is so important in that it invented the midnight movie we also have to thank john lennon and yoko ono for promoting it who knew Whoa. uh guerrilla filmmaking approach alone for example by hijacking a set from a large blockbuster followed in the spirit of a western that's funny speaking of hijacking a set love blazing saddles oh yeah i love blazing saddles love it blazing saddles Blazing Saddles, example of a movie I didn't like when I first saw it, and then now I love it. Nice. When I saw it first, I was like eight. Did not get it. Yeah, of course. Of <laughs> Too young. I've, I saw it when understand. I was young. And then, actually, the day after Gene Wilder died, mm. they played it in theaters, so I went by myself to this theater and just sat and watched Blazing Saddles and just loved it to pieces. Oh, that movie. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, man. Gene Wilder. We should do, like... Rip. Let's do a Gene Wilder, Gene Wilder episode. I don't know if I've seen enough Gene. I've seen like a handful. I grew up, I grew up on Haunted Honeymoon, for of all things. Uh, uh, watching that movie over Never saw that again. one. Silver Streak. See that one? I have not seen that Him one. Him and uh, who's, his, who's his best bud? John Candy? No. no. Oh, it's going to bug the crud out of me. Move I, on. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Gilda Radner? It's like, <laughs> no, it's him and, him and his... Uh, I'll get it in three seconds. Yeah. I'm going to kick myself, bro. Richard Pryor, Oh, dude. yeah, of course. Richard oh, Pryor. Oh, my yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them together, dude. Yeah. Is just... It's the culmination. I love it. The culmination, uh, like, more more so than than Butch and Sundance. Yeah. Is it like Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Blazing Saddles... <laughs> uh, Blazing Saddles actually might be a good inroad to talk about what we're going to talk about next. We've sure. been dancing around the main issue of... of kind of this thing in westerns this will be kind of the last main topic here um and i i admit that probably michael huber and myself are not the most equipped to discuss this kind of topic but sort of issues of race and stuff like that and to me blazing saddles obviously is tackling this issue head on Mm -hmm. um but just like the relationship 
between Gene Wilder's character and the sheriff character of Blazing Saddles, and unfortunately I don't remember the actor's name right now, but um, is so good because, like, they're both they're both conspirators on the same side of just this racist town, this backwards town, and obviously that's what the movie's about. But just like the the performances in that movie, how they're just like they're just friends. And like the issue of race for the two of them never mm-hmm. comes into it, mm-hmm. and I just I love the portrayal that they both have in that. It's so I don't know. Yeah, I really like it. I haven't seen it in way too long. Um, yeah, it's a funny movie. Yeah, Gene Wilder, man. Um, uh, but yeah, Morgan Mahala says not to be a buzzkill, but what are your thoughts on westerns vilifying Native Americans and Hispanics while casting a white protagonist in spite of fact that the majority of real cowboys were black and Latino? In recent years, movies like Wind River, Hostiles, The Revenant have tried to, in part, address this topic, uh, and, and they're curious about our thoughts. Yeah. Um, Samuel Cardwell, responding to that, said, One quick thought is that a lot of classic Westerns also res- wrestled with some of these issues, not necessarily in a stereotypical Cowboys versus Indians movies, um, which honestly we rarely see repeated these days, not least because they tended to be pretty low-grade. But in films like The Searchers or Giant, uh, we wouldn't necessarily deal with these issues the same way now, but I don't think we can write off older films as completely thoughtless, which is an interesting thought yeah. because, like, obviously, like, you know, the old saying, like, oh, it was a different time. But, like, yeah. The Searchers specifically is such an interesting case because, like I said before, it doesn't paint, paint Ethan in a good light, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make being absurdly racist seem good or appealing, at least in my memory, and hopefully I'm remembering it correctly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like definitely these movies have had a history of othering yeah. races other than white people. That's why I think Dances with Wolves is yeah. such a friggin' masterpiece because yeah. it just like puts a soldier in the <laughs> yeah. with the Native Americans. And, and like, yeah, necessarily the hero of that is a white man. Yeah. And like sometimes you get like into the, the sort of side trope of this is like the white savior kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, uh, which someone mentioned, I think, but yeah, I don't know if that movie is, does that necessarily. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, Last of the Mohicans, I think of yeah, a couple movies that you know, I I like I like though I like when they do that when they like embrace the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to see any of that like bullying them or slaughtering them or whatever it may be. But yeah, I think you know it. Like, what do what like how do you handle that? You know, I like with yeah. movies in the past, you know, you just said like. You know, the old saying of like, well, it was a different time. And like, yeah, like Hollywood was a little sketchy (laughs) back then with all of the portrayals. I mean, like, so like, do we just accept it and move on or do we condemn it all? Or I I think, I mean, to a certain extent, you can view these things as like historical documents, you know, like, uh, sometimes, sometimes these older films, I can't think of a cogent example right now, but like, yeah, sometimes they're just bad and racist. Mm-hmm. Um, but other times it seems like they were tackling, trying to tackle it, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes they're taking the easy way out where it's like, in some of these movies, like you could replace native Americans with like werewolves or something. And like yeah. the, with the way that they treat, like they're not even human. Yeah. In these they movies just come sometimes. out. And yeah. Then... It's just like, Oh, here they are like yeah. to fight us. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. Um, Back to the Future Part 3 actually is not super great about <laughs> Native American representation now that I think about it. Wind River is an interesting example to me because totally. Wind River 
obviously this character, it's a realistic portrayal mm-hmm. of this white man, you know, who had his ex-wife, Native American, so he's he he's adjacent to the culture, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with these reservations and stuff like that. And it's an interesting thing because I think that the movie handles it really well in, in an interesting way, but it's also kind of interesting because it's like, his character could have been female, like they could have swapped that and it wouldn't have changed anything, mm-hmm. you know? And like, uh, you know, he could have just been native American also mm-hmm. like it didn't need, it was, I don't know. It's interesting. Is um, it because they need a star like yeah, Jeremy that, Renner to, unfortunately, I think a lot of, a lot, whether or not that, that is, whether or not that is true, I think that that mm-hmm. is the studio excuse for, for this kind of like whitewash casting. Mm -hmm. Um, Not saying that I don't know what Wind River necessarily was based on, but like, I think there's a book, right? I haven't read it. I don't know. But um, like Scarlett Johansson or whoever playing like Asian people or whatever. Oh, okay. I think he just wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's the excuse. A Mm -hmm. lot of times in Hollywood is like, oh yeah, we have to, we have to cast big names or it won't get made. And I'm like, there are, there are big names that aren't white also. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's why I like, you know, where like we're kind of heading now, like Star Wars and other other franchises are at least taking the steps of, mm-hmm. you know, shaking things up and mixing it up a little bit. But totally. like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like fully equipped to discuss issues of this kind. I don't feel like I'm I haven't lived it, so I don't know mm-hmm. necessarily. But yeah, I definitely think older movies clearly are older movies yes and current movies are trying you know baby steps exactly I, seems to be better now we're trending like, in the right like direction with wolves hopefully. was the 90s right you know that's not too long ago yeah and i mean yeah like, like watching friends is like ugh, dude, <laughs> sometimes every episode of friends oh, is baby. like a weird joke yeah, yeah. oh yeah like, not yeah <sighs> yeah so yeah i don't know we don't have the answers we just kind of hope that things trend in the right exactly. direction um and i'm there are other people i mean you could do a like tokyo slim i think said like you could do a college course on some of this stuff and totally. i did but like it just it's crazy that there's not many from their perspective you know from like the native american perspective yeah. I, or like that are that are like big big i think yeah. of last of the mohicans and i think of dances with wolves and of course there's other movies but like those are definitely the two biggest like tentpole classics yeah um which is like hostiles though Oh, glad I, I they didn't brought watch that Hostiles. Up. Yeah, glad they brought that up. Is it good? Sick. Is it well done? Yeah. little. Um, you know, a, a lot of Westerns are slow moving. But, yeah, sure. So. Is that a series or a movie? Movie. Okay. Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah. I saw the billboards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely a, a subject worth grappling with. I mean, that's that's why, like, to me, I, I kind of wish Wind River, I wish Jeremy Renner had been, like, part of the Native American community or something mm-hmm. like that. And I, mean, I do think that Wind River specifically that was part of the story that Sheridan was telling was mm-hmm. like this outsider who yeah. is trying to embrace this culture that isn't his, you know, and like yeah. that friction there. And I do appreciate I like that, that that's like, yeah, it was an interesting mm-hmm. thing, but it is kind of adjacent to stories that we've heard so many times that I'm, I'm ready. Like I would rather just hear, you know, the flip of that maybe, yeah. but uh, yeah, I think wind river was a good movie. I liked it. Totally. Um, and yeah, that one does not like white people are not painted in a great light in that movie. No, no. <laughs> like, yeah, the bad guys are just monster people. Yeah, they are. And I believe all white, if I remember. I don't know. I think so. 
Yeah, probably. Dude, the escalation um, of that. Oh movie. my god! <laughs> like zero to one. Wind River is intense. <laughs> zero to hundred. Very intense movie, <laughs> which again raises questions of depictions on screen of sexual abuse and stuff like that. And it's like that's a whole other yeah. situation that again probably we're not the mm-hmm. people to maybe. And and from my like lack of knowledge of these issues, anytime like. Less than the Mohicans do, Daniel Day Lewis, like I'm behind the guy, you know, or 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 in this case, Wind River, Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. I really like him. I feel like his heart is in the right place. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna give the movie, you know, a shot sure, and, and watch it. Sure. I think it all I can do like per movie is kind of see who's involved with it. Yeah. And feel it out. Yeah. You know? It's like there's no real right answer. It's just kinda how how it feels. Like if it feels right like they're being sketchy and, and and you know what's what i'm looking for malicious in oh, their yeah, in yeah. their portrayals i guess right then i'm gonna distance myself but right you know taylor sheridan has a good has good a good rep record, and, yeah. and 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 we're seeing like as as the slow march of time progresses you know mm-hmm. we are seeing um more female filmmakers rising to prominence screenwriters mm-hmm. and producers and I, I mean, I think th- these things are only just fantastic. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think time, time, you know, give, I wouldn't be surprised in a few years if we do have blockbuster film western, maybe with a Native American protagonist, you yeah, know, or whatever. And I'm sure there, are, there exist yeah. many that we yeah. haven't talked about. Or, yeah, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's a sticky wicket, as as, as things are, like PhD. Yeah. professors have lived their whole lives talking about these issues yeah, you know yeah. and like, <laughs> like if there were an easy answer we would have <laughs> fixed it by now yeah. i guess and society is just a complicated machine filled mm-hmm. with nightmare cogs yeah well the west the like america's past there yeah is. america is is <sighs> i i wonder if that's Kind of to take it back to westerns on the whole. Yeah. I wonder if that's part of the romanticism of westerns trying because to make it beautiful cover it up cover it well and also to acknowledge it, to shine a light on it. Cause like, if you look at America as a Western protagonist, America is a very morally gray anti-hero <laughs> on the global stage. We're the Punisher now. Like America is the Punisher. Like, yeah. And like over the years we've been evil. We've tried to redeem ourselves. Mm-hmm. I would say we probably on the whole are, you know, it's like the good place, dude. More right. coins in the positive side than the bad side. <laughs> I don't even know. Like World War Two. But like I think it's a lot of a lot of coinage. Yeah. Like if we were Yeah. Except we wait except we waited like a well, little while. Yeah. We didn't we didn't come we're in. We're getting until into we crazy got, issues right yeah, now. Yeah, we got we, we didn't step in until we got <laughs> yeah. slapped in the face and, and whatever. But um this is kind of a fun metaphor. I I think that if America if we take if we zoom back and look at a grand scale of just global history, yeah. America sort of is this like insane gunslinger <laughs> that's like kind of racist, sort of <laughs> problematic, comes in and like fixes an issue here, then leaves, yeah. comes in there. And I wonder if our end will be like Shane or Ethan in the searchers Redemption. where we know where we have no choice, but to just kind of recede into the sunset and go our own way <laughs> and disappear. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> is is that what we deserve? <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! Oh. We're getting into territory beyond our scope here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, God. It's interesting that we went there. I like it. Yeah. I've never thought of America in that light before, mm-hmm. but it sort of fits. Yeah. We're a, we're a deranged Mad Max gunslinger. We're Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven. Yeah, we're the wild bunch. <laughs> we're we're bad men, but we're we're not them. I don't know who them is in this argument because I don't I don't that? like the us versus them thing. But yeah, I was just quoting Red Dead. But um, yeah. we're bad men anyway. We're bad men, but we're not them. Yeah, dude, Arthur Morgan. Arthur Morgan. In that case, anywho. Westerns, westerns. You got it. You got to talk about those issues. So I'm glad we did. Yeah, yeah. Like and honestly, I mean, like, like we screwed the Native Americans, dude. Oh. Like, <laughs> good lord. <laughs> like, how can you not? America is founded on blood, blood and theft and pain and mm-hmm. fear and hate and slavery and and that's why a lot of the characters in westerns. It's it's either we follow a sheriff. Yeah. Or like a farmer or an outlaw. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's like so many bad characters. And like in so many of these westerns. There is that sense of kind of like white guilt mm-hmm. going back through westerns. I think there's like a vein of that of that fool's gold running through westerns for a while back. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the earliest of classical westerns, but I do think that it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. It's a part of it and it's a part of the history and it's a part of these films. And yeah, uh, it's a story that's probably been told enough mm-hmm. <laughs> for my taste now. Like mm-hmm. let's hear other perspectives, but, uh, I really like Westerns as a genre. And I, I really, I mean, I think that they're, they make me think about all this stuff. Right. Like, you and know? Th- in that way, they're hugely important. I yeah. think. And, and just like filmmaking wise, like you said, they're beautiful. They're, deliberately paced oftentimes the editing has kind of a different feel i like i like that in westerns because the form often is the function too Mm -hmm. like the pacing and the shooting style and stuff evokes the period and i think that that's really a cool thing that film can do as an art form is embody a genre and a time period just in in everything, in the in the mise en scène, the cinematography, the sound, the lighting, the pacing, the editing, everything about this art form can do that. Yeah, and I think that's phenomenal. I imagine the Earth in like eight hundred years, when it's just been taken over by like mega cities, dread style, yeah. and it's like, where are we gonna film the westerns, dude? <laughs> <laughs> where are we gonna film them? They'll We're be, running out of space. There will be a. Uh, <laughs> You'll go to the Westworld theme park and then okay. film, film it over there. We did not mention Westworld until right now. Westworld. Ugh. Westworld. Aaron Paul, season three. Really? Really? Yep. Huh. It's going to make me watch season two now because I like Aaron Paul so much. Did you watch season one? Yeah. Westworld, I was, dude. I was bored of it. Yeah. Westworld, here's like, the thing. Like when you're, when you're purposefully obtuse and cryptic yeah, man it's yeah. 2018 nobody's got time for that yeah i would like i'm I, sorry if i had a message for westworld i would say a shoe obfuscation guys uh i don't get it it means it's a joke uh it means avoid making things unnecessarily hard to understand okay yes that <laughs> but in a way that's that. really hard to understand okay uh, yeah yeah westworld is needlessly obtuse and probably yeah. each season is four episodes longer than it should be also it does one of the cardinal sins that i think it bores me in in media is when it's like we all know you're heading here yeah why take a whole first season to get there mm-hmm. like westworld episode three of season one should have been the robots uprising yeah, probably we knew, dude. 
Like we knew it was gonna happen. You know, like you know like, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, and if you've just even heard of the subject matter, like yeah. the the source material, like yeah. Ugh. There are a lot of really cool things in Westworld. I do agree that it's languidly paced and uh, and needlessly labyrinthian. Yeah. Like no no real need to tell it in four different time periods for no reason. Like I get that it it heightens the mystery but it's it's like pointless jj abrams mystery box crap and it's yeah. just irritating sometimes alias dude mystery box but it does <laughs> at the at, having seen season two all the way through like there are some fun moral quandaries that it raises mm-hmm. cool but by and large yeah it's 80 percent longer than it needs to be <laughs> it's a lot it's like these questions aren't that complex <laughs> yeah. guys just say them but whatever Westworld. anyway We've gone on for a very long time. Very long time. We've, got, we've <laughs> very taken long. a deep dive deep into dive. the history of America. And probably we got a lot of <laughs> stuff wrong. I'm sorry yeah. if we like said or did anything that was off <laughs> off kilter or whatever. Um just go into each issue and Yeah. Yeah, we're we're you know, we mostly talk about video games and make weird shows, out. you know? Like yeah. we just kinda are, are who we are and we're gonna mm-hmm. try our best. But um Thank you so much for listening or watching along with us here on this bizarre journey into the West. Mm-hmm. Um, what should we do next week, next month? I don't know. I got do you a quote idea? for you, though. Oh, you got a quote challenge. Let's do it. Clap your hands as fast as you can. I mean, it makes me think of safety dance because I think they say that in that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds familiar. What is that? The Magnificent Seven. Oh. Yeah. I can't get I'll be your Huckleberry out of my head. You know, <laughs> you know what that's for. I'm your Huckleberry. Uh, yeah, I'm your Huckleberry. Dude, Michael Bean in that movie. Uh, oh, Johnny got- Ringo! Yeah. <laughs> so- uh, Michael Bean, dude. Such a nut job. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Ringo. Dude, oh, if you... If Rango is funny. Movie. If you made your Arthur Morgan, Morgan like Johnny Ringo from Tombstone... Tell us in the comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mine is like a Clark Gable kind of thing. I've got, I've, I've got him rocking the pencil mustache. I love it. He looks like him. Uh, I think, a clean shaven, just pencil mustache. Uh, okay, I've got a, I've got a quote. Uh, Should have come to me first. I'd let you fall down for free. Back to the Future Part Three. Mm-mm. Damn it, I don't know. Maverick. Maverick. Angel oh, says it dude. when he finds Angel. out that when he finds out that Maverick paid those guys to take a fall. That's in that right. Fight. That's right. And then he's like, dude. he's like, you should have come to me first. I'd let you fall down for free. Oh. And then he beats the crap out of yeah. him. Uh, so good. <laughs> that movie's absurd. Uh, uh, my shirt's damaged. Damn it! <laughs> it's like when he gets like that scuff yeah. on his shirt. Yeah. This comes from Paris, France, lady. <laughs> He's such like a douchebag in that movie. Oh, anywho, anywho, love Jodie Foster. I love Jodie Foster. Panic Room. I recently watched Panic Room the other day. Nice. It's a good movie. It's good. I remember being like Christmas mad story. about it the first time, and this time I was like, oh, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. Um, David Fincher though, I love David. Mm-hmm. Oh, David, a David Fincher western dude. Can you imagine? It would look amazing. It would be incredible. Yeah. Let's all tweet at David Fincher and say, make a Western, please. Make a Western. Uh, please make a Western. Please make a Western. Oh, I would watch the hell out of that. I want it. It would be. It would take place like 80% at night, probably. Yep. Yep. In the rain. What like, do you think? Like, what would he do? That'd be crazy. It's like, There's you- something about like the way... I mean, obviously, it's been talked about to death, the way he shoots movies, but the mm-hmm. color of his movies are so good. Usually. Yeah. Has Spielberg ever done a Western? Spielberg? Uh, 
I feel like he was involved with Silverado somehow, but maybe that's just me being crazy. I think he's directed one, maybe. It's like Nolan is British. Hook is basically I, a... I'd rather have <laughs> Nolan do like a Bond movie than a Western. Didn't he want to do a Bond movie? Yeah. It's going to happen. I like Daniel Craig. I would see Idris Elba as a Bond. World's sexiest man. How is he not James Bond, dude? Come on. Because the estate's like he's not black. Come on. Whatever. Idris um, Elba as Bond, please. Yeah. I like Idris Elba a lot. Please. I'm begging. I'm begging I, it. I want to see David David Fincher. David Fincher, Western, dark, darkly humorous buddy outlaw movie with Idris Elba and Chiwetel Ejiofor. <laughs> All right, as cowboys. Let's go. I'm I in. would watch. Sign the me up. Hell out of this. Sign me up. <laughs> All Dude, right. Dude, Steve McQueen could actually Ooh. do a Western for real. Yeah. Dude. We. This episode's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. Right. We're moving on. We'll come up with a topic for next month later. Yeah, something. But uh, it'll be great. What should we do? It's, uh, it's this December. is for November, so Christmas movies. We've already done Christmas. Oh. Christmas is Damn. uninteresting to me. Yeah. All right. Um, how about... The Gene Wilder idea is interesting, but we'd have oh, to Gene watch Wilder. like so many movies to, to pair. I know. How about... I'm uh, not confident in my, my catalog. Yeah. Thinking like something too broad, just like Jolly. watching movie. Yeah, watching movies during the holidays is always like so cozy, you know. And like Thanksgiving, they always have like marathons of movies and Twilight Zone I like and that. stuff. I like that cozy, cozy, coziest movies. Yeah, like what do you like? Holidays are coming around. You know, people are off work and school, hanging out with yeah. family. You have more time than usual. What what do you yeah, throw on? Yeah. Like we've done we've done movies that wrecked us. Let's do movies that heal us. Movies that heal us. Cozy vibes, yep. jolly Love movies. It. Love yes. it. Yes, mm-hmm. feel good hits. Yep, I'm down. Of the winter. Of the winter. <laughs> the winter wonderland. Yeah, cool. Like you know, you're gonna get some Princess Bride. Oh yeah. Some Die Hard again. Some Clueless. Clueless. <laughs> Clueless. Really? Yep, yep. Okay. Okay. Yep, yep. All right. <laughs> Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, probably the Back to the Futures. Yep. Speed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that'll be a good episode. All right, movies, cozy movies, good vibes, movies that healed us. Yep. Next month on Reaction Shots, please be excited. I'll post um, the topic for that a couple of weeks, a week or two before we shoot. Uh, so if you're in the $7 and up tier on Patreon, you're in the film club, you'll get to join in on our discussion. That's where I pull these wonderful comments from. We've got some regulars and some new faces. Love it every month to read what you guys have to say. I try to get something from everybody in there. I apologize if I didn't get everyone. I think I missed one or two um, this month. But yeah, it's a great discussion. People talk to each other. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, that's on patreon.com slash easy allies. That's how we are. Uh, that's how we live. Yep. Michael Huber, myself, and the seven others. Mm-hmm. Is that math right? Yeah. Because of all of you. Because of all of you, because of beautiful patrons and Twitch subscribers. That's how we subsist. That's how we exist. Not your solid subsistence. I, knew, I thought of it too. Every uh, time. Every time. M- most of the time we talk about video games. Not all the time. This is our movie podcast. Mm-hmm. We talk about other stuff. I do a weird show every week. Huber has a weird show every week. Uh, you mostly talk about, well, you don't. you don't always talk about video games. Usually. Um, usually. And movies and TV. Yeah. Entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, we're Easy Allies. Thank you again for joining us this month. Next month, Cozy Vibes. Cozy Vibes. For Christmas, for yeah. uh, December. We'll see you then. 
Bye-bye.